Hello, it's Denise from Women Beyond a Certain Age. In my usual hyperactive, overexcited space, oh, so many people have told me to take tranquilizers, but I don't think that's the answer. So here we have a guest today who is so lovely and we're Jennifer Crawley. And we, we found Jennifer because of her book and her people, she has people. And Jennifer, welcome. Thank you, Denise. I am so excited to be here with you, and I am going to match your energy as best I can. So let's go. I'm going to tell you something. I'm not kidding. My husband, probably many people, my sisters, my family, even when I was a child, would say things like, give her a drink. Okay, people were always trying to medicate me. Oh, well. Now, listen, madam, thank you so much for being here today. Your time is very precious. I went to your website. I went to Amazon and read about your book. And it's wonderful. And your website name is uh, Changeable, what's it called? Changeable Coaching. So smart. Changeable Coaching. So Jennifer, you need to tell us about your credentials. Just a couple of sentences here. No, absolutely. So I enjoyed a lovely 20-year career in the wine industry. As an executive, I had a regional position. I got to the point where that was entirely too much for me, and I realized I needed to be a better mom. I needed to live a more fulfilling life, and I needed to find a way to help other women. That, that was the long and the short of it. I walked into my office one day and said out loud, it's not supposed to be this hard. And it was about my home life and my work life and everything. I walked into my boss's office and I gave notice and left the wine industry without really knowing what was next at that point. I was 45 years old and plenty of people told me, mm, this is not a great thing for you to do right now. You're supposed to be kind of settling in and getting ready, you know, to ride off into the sunset. And it just wasn't the right thing for me. So I found my way to a life coach certification course just as COVID was settling in last year. So I started in March of, of 2020. And within weeks, it was as if someone had lit a fire inside of me. And I felt like I had found that thing that I was supposed to do. I was going to talk to women one-on-one. -on -one. I was going to coach them and help them through change. And then the universe or something else, they had other ideas. So basically on July 9th, I woke up. I looked at my boyfriend. I said, I need to write a book. And he said, okay, honey. And I started writing a book July 9th of 2020 and released it just this past year. That now see, there's always, I have to tell you something, Jennifer, there are reoccurring themes in women beyond a certain age, just meaning, and we have listeners that are in their forties, early forties, all the way to their eighties. Okay. And we hear from women but our guess, the reoccurring theme to me is boldness and fulfillment that you just decided. Of course, no one quits their job at 45 years old when they're a regional manager and are probably making pretty good money and they like you. Do you yeah. see what I'm saying? Yes. People, and from the history, people say, oh, that's not a very good thing to do. Do you know what I mean? Or, oh my God. And people don't want to jump off the diving board. And sometimes there isn't water in the pool and that can be hurtful. But it sounds to me, your determination and you had a plan. See people, it's not being bold and being brave is a plan within itself. 
Do you know what I mean? And I don't think that we get near enough credit, especially women. Men are bold and people call them leaders and geniuses. And, oh my God, he's a genius. And then I meet them and I think, mm, not sure about genius, you know what I mean? but certainly had a good idea or was brave. So God bless you. How wonderful. Good for you. Thank you. I decided I was going to be one of those people that had a success story to tell. I was going to do it. I was determined to do it. That was half the battle. That is that that is what kept me going as long as I did and kept me pushing through. Um, I had COVID in August of last year. So trying to write while I was in the middle of uh, COVID with the COVID fog and oh, perimenopause, by the way, we can talk about that later, too. Just an interesting mix of things. But. I did it. I pushed through. And and this COVID period, and I don't believe that it's over, I really found silver linings. And I found other women and men who felt the exact same way. Good things did come from this. There are unfortunately a lot of unpleasant side effects, deaths, illnesses, etc. But there are people who found their pure self, their true path, and made connections with their family members that they hadn't had in years. So well said. You know, Jennifer, since I spent basically 35 to 40 years in the hospitality industry in one way or another, do you know what I mean? I was a chef, I was an event planner, I've been a caterer, I was a food stylist, written cookbooks, but I was in food. And as everybody's saying, in every day there's an article, people, they can't get enough waiters and servers, do you know what I mean? And then you read the opposite side of it, saying people that had been in the hospitality industry, and when I'm talking about restaurant end of it too. They realized that they were working without health benefits. They worked too many hours. You know, when you're in the restaurant business, you know, you're going to work Christmas. You know, you're going to work Christmas Eve. Absolutely. So you know, you're going to work your husband or wife's birthday. Do you know what I mean? And I your, your child's birthday. Oh, daddy has to work. Mommy has to work. So yes, the industry is suffering, but look what might the better quality of life they're going to have to remake the restaurant industry. And that may mean that they're going to have to be higher wages and have more of a team attitude. Do you know what I mean? I love because that. Yes. People want a better quality of life, which sounds like what was really, really, um, uh, really, uh, what am I trying to say? That propelled you forward in your change. It was a motivating force for me, most definitely. That's wonderful. If you don't mind, how many hours a week did you work when you were um, at your job? Jennifer? That is such a great question. I don't know if I ever really counted them, but I will tell you that I would get up at 445 so that I could be on my computer by five. And then I would work for about an hour. And then I would meditate because I had to try and keep it all together while I was going through all of this. And then I would wake up my son and I would fight my way into work. I would try and be there before everyone else. I would, I, I would hit the door by 8 or 8.30, possibly. I would tear myself away at 6.30. I would try to not look at emails at night. And then I would work on Saturdays for half a day. And then felt like I deserved the other day and a half off during the week. So plenty. And I, I'm not the only one. There are too many people that are working like that. That's... 
when and now, Jennifer, so it's been two years since I closed my business, but Cindy still does styling and took over the better clients. We It was actually a wonderful time for Cindy. We had to cut rid of the losers. <laughs> Jennifer, we got rid of some of the loser clients. They drained us. They didn't pay on time. Understood. They're- they're ugly and they have no taste. So we just cut loose of those bastards. Okay. That's what we did. <laughs> With that said, in my transition, which has really been a huge transition, and I when I was reading your um, bio and stuff, I thought, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy Jennifer's book because it's the same process. Everybody thinks you get to retire and you'll go, oh, it's wonderful. I don't have to get up anymore. It's not so wonderful. At first, if you're used to working 50, 60 hours a week and you have, see, my business was what I tended to, Jennifer. So to take that away, all of a sudden, it's not so good. Do you know what I mean? It's a transition and there's a great sense of loss. 100%. It's funny that you say that because I watched my parents go through it. They retired and moved down to Florida and they're living their best life. But I will tell you, there was really a loss of self that I watched them go through. And then I have a coaching client right now who just did the same thing. She quit her job, packed everything up with her husband and moved down to Florida. And she's going through that same exact thing. Even if it didn't serve you, you knew what you needed to do on a regular basis. And when you don't have all of those things to fill in your space, you're left with yourself. And sometimes that can be difficult. You get to really appreciate you and get to know you as a human being and what you need. And I thought to myself, well, who am I? <laughs> I'm not driving to a studio or making beautiful food. Who am I? Right. It, it, it's better now. I, I've had, you know what I mean? I, it's much better now. And now I'm starting to enjoy life. But um My husband, Jennifer, had tried to say to me years ago, you know, Denise, there's more to life than work and sleep. And when he said it to me, I thought, that's such an odd thing to say. (laughs) But in reality, he was right. Okay, so now you you write this wonderful book. Tell us the title of your book. The title is Ever Wish You Got Hit by a Truck? And the subtitle is A Woman's Manual for Bravely Changing Lanes at Any Age. I love that. I just love it. Um, So you have COVID. Oh, that's right. (laughs) Oh, details, details. And now you're writing a book. Yes. The only women would, I mean, I have to be honest with you. I'm not bashing men. I love men. I've always loved men, some more than others. Of course, yes. And I've loved parts of men, but I need to say this. Um, that's just women. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't mean to be, I just see that women, of course you had COVID and then turned around and wrote a book. Do you know what I mean? It's just, my husband is brilliant and it had a 50 year career as a trial attorney. So he's, but you know what? He, if he had COVID, he wouldn't be writing a book. That's what we're trying to finish it. That's Understood. All. 100%. I didn't, I didn't have a choice, though. I really didn't. Once I started realizing that I had all of these things inside of me that needed to come out, it was like someone had opened up the fire hydrant from inside of me and things just came pouring out. It was just amazing, cathartic, kind of a twisted mess in the very beginning as I started to write before I went back and refined it of 
like the things that I had contended with as I was a kid and what I had gone through, through my divorce and my career change and everything else. And it felt so good. It just, I could not stop. Wonderful. Now, uh, what else? So I'm reading, I love one of the things I read about you, Jennifer, about listening to your inner voice. Tell us about that. So even though you're getting divorced, you are quitting your job, then you get COVID and, and then you finish the book. You have a very strong inner voice. <laughs> Tell me how we, how, how did you know? How did you listen to yourself? That's, it was difficult. I will tell you that I was more connected with my inner voice when I was younger. And then as I got older and the demands and the expectations and my insecurities and everything else started piling up on me, my inner voice was completely trampled on by my ego, by everyone else's judgments, by what everyone else had to say about what my life was supposed to look like. So when I made that decision to leave, I started hearing my inner voice again. And through this process of writing this book, I truly did the things that build up to the inner voice work to quiet my mind, meditation, mindfulness. I ate well, and I really got into this mode of just knowing that I had the right answers for myself inside of me and connecting deeply with that inner voice on a daily basis. And the funny thing about my inner voice and inner voice is such a unique experience for each person, but mine tends to come to me very strong when I'm working out or I'm in the shower. And I know that sounds incredible, but if I have something that I need to figure out or work through, I will tell people, you know, I don't know what to do with this. I'll get back to you. I need to shower on it. Like it became a joke at the end of my career, but I would take a shower and just kind of let whatever thoughts bubble up. And that was usually coming from deep within me, from inside of me saying, this is the right path for you. This is in line with what you want and what you need. And this is how you need to proceed. And as I began to trust that voice more and more, Especially while I was writing this book, the form came together. It's, it's in three different parts because my inner voice said, you are all about regimentation. Everything needs to be fixed. It's, it's three parts. And it was on a walk with my dog that that one came up and that inner voice just bubbled up within me. And I said, okay, here it is. Three parts. So the three-part transformation process was born from my inner voice. Okay, first of all, you gave me chills, Jennifer, Good. when you were talking about taking a shower. Um, I, I think that's wonderful. I know, see, my inner voice is often screaming. So then I have to kind of take it down. Okay. I look calm on the outside, but I'm not really calm on the outside. Do you okay. know what I mean? I do. And one of the things... And I learned that, but as I've gotten older, so many of the things you just said, such good tips. I will say this. I know that I can't make big decisions when I'm tired. Okay. I can't. I mean, if it's the, I used to say to Cindy, this is a tomorrow decision because sure. something was horrible and we've already fought a million bottle, you know, battles that day. And now I find it's the same thing. I think, you know, I'm going to take a sleep on that. I'm going to relax and cook something good for dinner. Maybe have a glass of wine. Yes. I don't mean maybe. And then I'm going to, and then I'm going to walk my dogs and then I'm going to sleep on it. And guess what? The next morning, it's pretty damn clear to me what the next step that I should take. Yes. 
Yes. But your inner voice points are fabulous. So the three parts of your book are what? The first part is inspiration. I feel like you need to be inspired to start your own journey of change. You need to know that other people have done it and that they have survived. And that is a way for you to kind of get your mind moving forward, right? Okay, I can do this. I, I believe and I think that I can do this. This is a great place to start. Part two of the book is preparation. And there are stair steps for you to take to learn how to step-by-step step build health and well-being into your life so that you are ready at the end of it to open yourself up, to gather people around you, to be very vulnerable, and to get ready to start your actual plan for change. So during preparation, we talk about self-love. We talk about laying down a strong base of health, things that we maybe have taught been taught along the way that we have forgotten, but it's so incredibly important to get the right amount of sleep, keep your alcohol relatively low. A glass of wine is fantastic. Believe me, having come from the wine industry, it is part of my life. Those types of things, though, they really enhance your ability to get up and face the day with the enthusiasm and that can-do positivity that you absolutely need when you're going through some sort of major change. Optimism and positivity are incredibly important. Mindfulness and meditation. We talked a little bit about our inner voice work. And then, as I said, that last step of preparation is get support. Tell people what you're doing. Bear your soul to them so that they can become your support group and help you through your change. Jennifer, that is so important. Now, oh my God, it's just so important. And I think that we could do a whole podcast just on asking for help. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Especially as women. Mm -hmm. Especially women. Mm -hmm. So maybe we'll do just that. So hold that thought because I think that's what we're going to do. Self-love is, I think self-love is involved. I think those two are interlocked too, Jennifer. Do you know what I mean? Agreed. Uh, And it's from other people's expectations. It's from things that are said to you. You know, one of the things with self-love, when you touch on that, I know as a child, I grew up in a very, I mean, we put the fun in dysfunctional. It wasn't, it wasn't mean dysfunctional or abusive dysfunctional sure. do you know what I mean? or I do. alcoholism or abuse. God, I know people live through horrible things. Ours was just crazy ass fun dysfunctional. And that I totally, I, my Italian family can own it. I okay? understand. My yes. sisters and I have spent years in therapy discussing this but i can tell you why when we would bring strangers into our home whether it was as we got older as teenagers and a brought up boyfriend or something i and my first husband when he first met them i said just get a drink and sit back and watch okay i mean you don't have to turn on the tv we don't need music it'll all unfold well but stuff happens to you when you hear that oh those some of the messages you get from a chaotic environment that don't serve you later on in life sure okay. so you you realize that may though it was funny and stuff maybe that drama or that chaos is not what doesn't serve you as you get older or the messages you got from people around you i understand 
I have a personal connection to someone who was raised in a very similar environment. I won't say anything more about that. I understand exactly what you were saying. You painted the same picture that this person painted for me about their upbringing. Yeah. One of the things that I like the most now, Jennifer, about my life is I like the quiet. Do you see what I'm saying? I do. Of course, and I worked on TV sets and movie sets and talk about chaos and drama. I mean, that's what they get paid for. So I was in my element with that. Do you know what I'm saying? I worked with Richard Simmons for years. Cindy and I both. Three days with Richard Simmons. Wow. Take a month off your life expectancy, okay? If you work with them for a week, you take two months off your life expectancy at the end because... Cindy's laughing because after we'd finished, after three days, I'd say to Cindy, I think we need to buy, we need to get an iron lung in this office so we can rest in this iron lung because I'm so tired from the chaos and the drama. Yes. But that's what the job was. Yes. So you have a friend that describes the same thing. I'm so grateful to hear that. <laughs> now, so we're going to come back and talk a little bit about self-love and stuff, but what, uh, here's my question, Jennifer, because okay. everything you're saying just hits home. And I think it will be, I don't, I think there's such, I think you can be any age and hear this. Do you know what I mean? I'm a firm believer in that sometimes you have to hear things a dozen times. Sometimes the right teacher gives you the message. Do you know what I mean? I do. The one, sometimes I, I know sometimes I can look back now because it's quiet and I have time and I can see where someone said something to me and I think, oh, if only I'd listened to that, that could have saved me a couple of years of pain and sorrow. Absolutely. But I wasn't ready. Understood. Why is it that women, and I'm going to address this to women more, but a lot of people, why do we have such insecurities? Jennifer, what causes us to be so insecure? I would say that there is something, this may not, people may not love what I have to say, but I okay, do feel okay. like I need to say this. There is something that happened with the expectations and the responsibilities that women needed to take on. Now, there are some women who can, you know, I'm going to go back to the Anjali commercial, right? You can bring home the bacon, you can fry it up in a pan and never forget that your man's a man and do all of that. And there are some people that were just built for that. But I feel like there are a lot more women who really didn't mind some of the roles that were there. I will say that. I'm not trying to pigeonhole. And I feel like it became this badge of honor for women to take on all of these things and do them all so incredibly well and not complain about it. And I feel like it became the systemic thing for women and it stretched across generations. And it was really like, much like perimenopause and menopause, I'll put it in that same exact kind of situation. You look at what you've achieved. You should be happy. And in fact, this is just expected of you. So you don't need to complain. You don't get to complain about it. And again, may or may not be popular. That is part of, of my issue and part of my problem. I know, Jennifer, I so get it. I have supported myself. I, I'm remarried now. I put my first husband through dental school. I mean, I bring home the bacon. I was always the provider. Now I remarried, not the same situation, but there's a part at all. He, thank God he had a job. Let's get real, Jennifer. He had a job. <laughs> of course. Jesus Christ. Now, but here's the gig. 
there are moments in my life that I think I don't want to do that because I'm a girl. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, I, do. I don't want to put the chains in the snow on the tires of my car. Now, so I'm Gloria Steinem all the way, but not when it comes to chains on the tires in, in the snow. Right. And so I know exactly what you're saying. And I do think that we women, and this was all we thought was going to, you know, Oh, I was there in the women's movement in 1970 and I burned my bra and I wanted all the freedom and I wanted birth control pill and I wanted to see women on the Supreme Court. Yes. And I look at younger women like you, Jennifer, and I see the next generation of women and I think it's absolutely remarkable. Do you know what I mean? But I do think that a lot of this was more on you thrust on this generation of women that thinks they're supposed to do everything perfectly. Yes. 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 I am a recovering perfectionist. That that perfectionism may have kept me from putting this book out there, but I had to push through it. And I talk to so many other women who just feel like it has to be perfect. Their makeup, how they look, they can't show up on camera without X, Y, and Z. And, you know, the kids need to be fantastic and they need to be overachievers. And then they also need to be volunteering their time and like all of these things. And again, they don't feel like it's okay to turn to someone and say, I'm struggling. And that is one of the biggest statements that I was able to make because my biggest mistake was putting on a mask, putting on a suit of armor. That was my number one mistake. As I rounded into my 40s, I was the perfectionist, mask on, suit of armor, and no one could could get anywhere near me. And I was crumbling inside. And I couldn't say, I'm struggling. I can't do all of this. You all look like you can, but I can't. And we people need to have the ability to say, this doesn't work for me. I'm sorry. I need help. And more and more women need to get to that point. All right, now, Jennifer, we're going to stop here. Okay. I am going to thank you so much, but we're going to turn around and do podcast number two. So people that are listening, you've enjoyed this. I want you to know that we're going to do podcast number two, part two with Jennifer, so they can look for it. Um, Thank you, Miss Cindy, for everything you do. Jennifer, thank you. This has been, I feel lighter speaking to you. I don't know how to say that. I feel I feel refreshed by speaking to you. So if you want to reach out to us, you go to womenbeyondacertainage.com. Jennifer's website is called Jennifer. Changeablecoaching.com. Yeah, and it's excellent. I perused it this morning. Changeablecoaching.com. So Jennifer, thank you so much. People send us questions. People send us guests. And we're appreciative of every person that contacts us. So thank you so much. Thanks, Miss Cindy. Thanks, Jennifer. Thanks, Denise and Cindy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.